Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for all of these episodes and podcasts. If you're not optimizing your SEO, you're not capturing all of your sales. And that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that, uh, I am the author of the newly released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win. And you can find more information on this at marketingmachine.prorelevant.com. So we're going to be talking about all things SEO with Brandon Leibowitz. And let me tell you a little bit about him. So he runs his own company called SEO Optimizers, and he's been doing that now since 2007. So SEO Optimizers is a digital marketing company focusing on helping small and medium-sized businesses get more online traffic which in turn, of course, leads to new clients, sales, and leads. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. So good to uh, have you on and uh, learn a little bit more about SEO, and there's certainly a lot going on in that market. But first, tell us how you got into uh, in the marketing. What is your backstory on getting into marketing? Yeah, I just kind of fell into it after I graduated from college, got my degree in business marketing, and the first job I got out of school was helping a company out with their digital marketing. And I didn't really know much about digital. They said, don't worry, we don't know much either. We're going to take you to classes and workshops and learn alongside with you. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And so I let me check this out. And after working there for a few months, this is back in 2007, just kind of realized that everyone's probably going to have a website in the future. And digital marketing is a way to bring traffic in and Back then, I was helping out with like their social media, I was doing some paid ads, helping out with email marketing, doing search engine optimization, doing a lot of different things, and just kind of focused more on the SEO just because I thought, why spend money on ads when you could get up there for free? And really just focused on the search engine optimization side of things. And also was drawn in that I could do freelance work that I could work full time and then I could pick up a client here or there and build that up. So I would work full-time at different advertising agencies as a director of SEO and before work or after work and on my lunch breaks, I would work on my own company and built it up to where I was able to eventually quit my job and focus solely on this and been doing that ever since. Wow. That's a great story. And I think you're so right. I mean, what a decision to uh, get into and take the chance and get into digital marketing back in 2007. And man, oh man, I, I guess it's been a pretty wild ride for you. It's been interesting seeing all the changes and seeing how everything evolves and it's constantly changing. That's one thing that keeps it interesting though. It's constantly changing. So it just keeps you on your toes, keeps you constantly learning and trying to adapt. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your company, SEO Optimizers. Well, we uh, help primarily, well, focusing on search engine optimization, help out a little bit with paid ads, but try to get you that organic traffic first and help out small, medium-sized businesses. And as long as you have a website, we could potentially help you out, but I have to analyze each website because with SEO, it's not really a one-size-fits-all. Every website's different. And we're not trying to beat Google with SEO. Google changes every single day. What matters is who's on that first page of Google for your keywords and how much SEO have they done. And that's where I have to look at your website versus the competitors and try to figure out what the disconnect is and how much time and effort it's going to take to get you up there. So always offer people free website analysis and try to just check out what's going on and how how we could potentially help them get up there. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things too, and I'm glad you brought up the competition because it, it clearly is important in terms of how you stack up against your competition. Um, one of the things that, that I've run into though is that if the company name is basically just English words, it's not like Google or it's not like Facebook or some identifiable, identifiable individual unique name. It's like, you know, the good company or something like that. How do you, how do you handle situations like that? I mean, the company name doesn't affect SEO that much. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, when I first started doing SEO, if you had the website like losangelesseocompany.com and someone searched for Los Angeles SEO company, you would rank. But Google realized that people buying these exact match domains or what they called were just doing it to game the system and Google's devalued it. So the name doesn't really have too much impact on SEO per se, but it helps out for branding and name recognition. But in terms of search engine optimization and rankings in Google, it doesn't have that big of an impact. It helps to have some keywords in there, but it's not a necessity like it used to be in the past. Mm. So uh, just to follow up on that, so is it better to name your, your company based on what people search on or based on something else? In the past, it would be good to do it based on what they search. But nowadays, Google said we devalue those and <laughs> we're not going to rank those immediately like we used to in the past, where if you just bought like dentist Los Angeles, if someone searched for dentist Los Angeles and you had dentistlosangeles.com, you would usually rank at the top, but not anymore. So that's kind of gone away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So what are the uh, the most important issues with uh, search engine optimization nowadays? Uh, the I mean, it's constantly changing and there's over 200 ranking factors. So I'd say it's like a puzzle. There's a lot of pieces to it. Some pieces are a lot bigger than others, but the same ones that have always been around are still the big pieces, which are text or content. So Google feeds off content. The more content you have on your website, the happier Google is. So content meaning text. Can't be images mm. or videos. It has to be text. Google struggles with images and videos. They're getting better at it, but they can't really read them other than the file name. So when you mm. upload images to or videos or podcasts, whatever it is, those file names need to have descriptive words in it before you upload them to whatever website. Even if you're uploading it to YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is, having descriptive words in the file name of the image or video or podcast, audio helps out with SEO. So, but text is really important. So you have to have text on every single page on your website. The more text you have, the easier it is for the search engines to read, understand, and know what keywords that you're targeting. So add content on each page, not just the homepage, but every page on your website needs text. And the more pages you have, the more content you could, or keywords you could target because each page can only really target about three to five words. After that, it kind of loses relevancy. So mm -hmm. you want to target more pages or more keywords, you need to create new pages. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. And so, for example, even with this uh, podcast and this uh, YouTube video that we'll make out of this, uh, we'll end up putting the uh, the transcript uh, on the web page. And I would imagine that that's also a, a good thing to help the search for uh, for what we're talking about. That is definitely very, very helpful. So anytime yeah, you have a podcast, if you can't transcribe it, if it's too long, sometimes people don't want to transcribe it. Like if it's two or three hours, it's a little too long. So you can timestamp it and just have little chapters. And that mm -hmm. helps people also navigate quickly. So if they're trying to just get to a section, 
that's kind of a good thing. And I would probably just do that in general because <laughs> sometimes when you search on Google, it'll show the YouTube video and then it'll also slice it up into different sections saying this is this section, this section, this section. And YouTube is kind of doing that a little bit by itself. But if you do it for them, that's going to help out a lot and potentially get you even more views and more exposure and visibility. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's interesting. So, um, uh, you know, the uh, Google on the other hand, as well as uh, getting rid of cookies, yeah, are cookies at all involved in search or is that, uh, doesn't that, does that not matter at all? That's more for paid ads. So the okay. cookies are yeah tracking for paid ads. SEO doesn't really get impacted too much with the cookies, but definitely paid ads got hit hard where they lost a lot of data and they're the ones that are really struggling with the cookie loss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even Apple, uh, you know, gave up on cookies, I think. And, and now it's very hard to figure out, you know, what, what is that unique identifier for that, that individual device? Mm -hmm. It's made it tricky for the ads. So that's one thing where they're impacted and they're spending more money on ads to just get what they used to the same reach and visibility that they used to get a couple of years ago. It's not there anymore. So yeah. Yeah. It's become a lot more expensive, which I feel like Google's happy if you're spending more money on paid ads, they're not going to complain. They're just like, sure. <laughs> give us more money. Facebook, all uh, these platforms, they want you to spend money on paid ads. So that's the equation. They got rid of the cookies and then their paid advertising revenue went up. <laughs> I'll tell what, you yeah. what, what, a, what a great racket. I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah so uh so search is pretty critical and uh especially if someone is searching on uh you know specific uh, things to solve or specific products and what have you uh how do you think uh chat gpt will will affect that will that um is that now really a totally different tool or would that also affect how the search and search results uh, you know come into the picture I mean, ever since I started doing SEO back in 2007, there's been tools similar to ChatGPT. Now it's much more advanced versus back in 2007, it was pretty obvious when it wasn't written by a person. It didn't read properly and it, yeah, had a lot of broken English, but it was original content. So it passed Google's filters of making sure your content's original, but it didn't read properly. But nowadays this content reads really, really well. And mm -hmm. Google says, and I mean, they don't want you to write or have AI ran content, but if it provides value, then they're not going to penalize it. So it's all about providing value, providing usefulness, making sure the content actually helps the reader out. And if it provides a good quality content, that's useful, helpful, informative, and accurate, then Google said they're not going to penalize it. They already have AI ran content and they've already had it for years where like sports news, or I mean, sports scores would be automatically generated and mm -hmm. things like that. And think Buzzfeed's, now like fired a large percentage of their staff to use tools like this to just create listicles. And as long as it provides value, that's all that matters. So if you're just taking anything from chat GPT or any of these tools verbatim, that's probably not good. Take it as a guide and then build off of it, use it as like an outline. But if you just take it and copy it and paste it, it's not hundred percent accurate right now. So it's still learning. So I would try to avoid that, but just use it as a reference and a guide to help you kind of build off that topic. But don't just take it as being active. Yeah, yeah, I like your point. Um, you know, it, I, but I will admit, uh, ChatGPT uh, has gotten incredibly good. I I was amazed 
I asked it a handful of questions and um, and I was amazed at what you can get out of it and 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 how well it's written. Uh, you know, because to to your point, you know, a handful of years ago, anything that was AI written was pretty obvious that it was AI written. And now with Chat GPT, I don't think you can. I don't even know if you can really tell. It's it's really well well written. Maybe there's a way to figure that out, but it it really does look like it's written, uh, you know, in a quality that that somebody actually wrote it. It's tough to differentiate, but we just have to see what happens because it's going to get better and better. They were talking about maybe watermarking Chat GPT so you could see if it's AI versus human content, but mm-hmm. who knows what they're going to do? We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess it's uh, it's made those uh, high school kids lives easier by writing when they have to write a term paper or something <laughs> now they can just ask chat gpt and get it get it get it done but i like your point too is to use the results that you get out of uh, chat gpt to kind of inform the rest of the page so to speak i think that makes a lot of sense uh and especially when you you were talking about you need a lot of text content well chat gpt can be a text content generator and i would imagine you could have it focus in around certain search terms that you're trying to win on and uh and then be able to have a a relatively quick and painless or maybe not so painless but a relatively quick way to have a uh, a page be developed that's really focused in on the search term you might want to win on it definitely helps speed things up a little bit but you gotta just focus on making sure it provides quality content that's useful and relevant to the reader and focusing on the reader, not focusing on search engines, not worrying about putting keywords in the content. That's how it used to work a while ago, but nowadays you don't necessarily need to put keywords. I mean, it helps, but I've seen websites rank for keywords I search for without even having that keyword on the website, just because Google knows the search intent, the semantic web, Mm -hmm. geolocation, all these other signals that kind of feed it. So keywords still very important, but in the future, they're going to kind of drop down and not be as important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you were a, a big uh, consumer brand, uh, what are some of the strategies and tactics that they would use to uh, uh, you know, rank higher and or um, you know, be a little bit more competitive? Uh, you've mentioned a couple of them, but are there very specific things that you would kind of recommend there? Uh, I would be the same for large company or a small medium-sized company it's always not it's gonna be similar the only time it changes is if it's like an e-commerce versus mm-hmm. a service-based business if you're like a local business and you want to make sure you have a presence on google maps and all these local sites like yelp and bing maps and apple maps and yellow pages and foursquare and all these places help you rank higher on google maps versus e-commerce then it's a whole different strategy where it's all right now you have category pages, product pages. We got to optimize these and figure out how to make them SEO friendly. But the size of the business doesn't really matter. With any business, it's always going to be similar where you're going in, putting all the keywords and the coding. So cleaning up all the coding, all this kind of technical stuff, putting content on the pages. So adding more text and then building up trust because Google doesn't care what you put on a website. They don't believe anything that you put on there without you building up that trust. So you got to get Google to trust you, which is by getting what are called backlinks, getting other websites mm-hmm. to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google gives to you and the higher they're going to rank you in the search results. But without backlinks, it's really tough to rank. 
And a backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So let's say you're reading an article on entrepreneur.com and in there it says Brandon Leibowitz and you click on that and then it goes to my website. I'd be then getting a backlink from entrepreneur.com. So the more websites that link to you, the more trust. It's like a vote, kind of like a popularity contest. Like that website is saying, we vote for you. We trust you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And um, now I've noticed though, that there are some sites that you get, you get a backlink, uh, but it's a different kind of backlink. There's like two different kinds. One where, you know, the search engines can find it. And then there's ones uh, that don't. Is that still true or is that not, no longer true? Well, there's a tag that Google created a while ago because a lot of websites were getting spammed. So Google mm -hmm. said, you can put this tag on your website and the backlinks will not count for SEO. Like Wikipedia is open to anybody making a change. Wikipedia is one of the top 10 most popular websites. So if you're getting a backlink from Wikipedia, it's a good backlink. And every page on Wikipedia at the very bottom has a bunch of backlinks that point to other websites. And a long time ago, people are just spamming. I mean, still to this day, people spam Wikipedia, but the backlinks don't count for SEO because they're no mm. follow. So not as many people try to spam Wikipedia as they used to. Same with like social media, anything where it's too easy to get a backlink, it's probably not going to count for SEO. So social media doesn't count, anything like that. It's not going to really help out. You want sites that are related to you also. That's really important is finding niche related sites. You don't want to be on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, it's fine, but you need to be on sites related to what you're doing. If you're just on social media sites, Google's going to think you're a social media site. You need to be on sites that are related to what you're doing. If you're, let's say, a mechanic, you need to be on sites related to mechanics or related to construction, building, anything somewhat related to what you're doing. That's what mm -hmm. matters to Google. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so there's kind of two dimensions there. There's the having the backlinks, having them be having them not be no follow links. That was a term I was trying to remember. And then also having them be related to your business uh, in some fashion, kind of like you said, construction and construction companies. And, and that, that just, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so what Google, the Google algorithm is doing is taking those two things and then providing you the search results, some kind of a weighting that, that goes into, you know, where you rank in the, in the results. Well, there's a lot more than those. And I wouldn't worry about do follow or no follow because that's just going to confuse a lot of people and make them overthink. And if all you have are do follow backlinks, which means I count for SEO, Google's going to be a little suspicious saying like, what's going on? A normal website's going to have some no follow backlinks. Mm -hmm. It's only natural. So don't just have everything perfect because Google will penalize you for over-optimization, doing too much SEO if everything is perfect because a normal website's not going to, have everything perfect. So don't worry about that. Do follow, no follow, just build backlinks. And if they are, do follow, great. If they're no follow, it's not going to help. It still will help a little bit because Google still sees that your URL is published on the mm. website. It's not a backlink, but it's a citation. So Google sees that you're on Wikipedia. It's a citation. So it helps a little bit. It's not the same as a backlink, but it still provides some SEO value. But just really... Focus on relevancy, making sure that you get on sites that are related to what you're doing. Don't just get on random sites. That's where the backlinks could actually do more harm than good. You have to kind of be careful with these backlinks. You don't want to just build backlinks to build backlinks. You want to build quality backlinks. And a quality backlink is a back to Google is a backlink that's from a site that's related to what you're doing and also an authoritative site. So 
if I gave you a backlink, that's good, but it's not the same quality as a website such as like Wikipedia or Forbes mm. or New York Times, LA Times. The bigger the website, the more SEO value that's passed on. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, so uh, uh, as we were talking and, you know, we've only been really talking about Google, but there are a whole bunch of other websites, uh, a, whole lot, a whole lot of other search engines. So you've got Bing and you've got Yahoo and you've got DuckDuckGo. And, and I guess there's even, you know, search coming through Facebook. Are there different strategies for each of those or is it really more just following kind of the Google strategy and then letting that spill over into the other areas? For the most part with search engines, if you follow the Google strategy, it's going to work for the most of the search engines. So Google kind of runs the show. Google brings in the majority of the traffic. Bing will bring like 1% of the traffic. Yahoo will mm. bring like 1%. DuckDuckGo <laughs> might bring half a percentage. Google mm. brings like 20 to 60% of the traffic. And then the rest will come from like social media or email marketing or paid ads. And this is me looking since 2007 at hundreds, probably thousands of websites at their analytics saying that, and this is what I always see is just Google just dominates. And Yahoo mm -hmm. is not really Yahoo anymore. When you search on Yahoo, it's actually Bing that shows the search mm -hmm. results in Yahoo. So if you optimize for Google and Bing, that covers the big three. And then you do all the other search engines, but most of them are similar. They're not the same because there's so much machine learning and AI nowadays in the algorithms that they don't even know really how they work, but they have similar things that they're looking for. So if you optimize for Google, you should be good across the board, but social media is different. So you said Facebook. Facebook is a whole different one where they're not looking at backlinks. They're looking at social signals and things like that. Where mm -hmm. anything with social media is going to be much different than a search engine looking at websites. Yeah. Now, a lot of people also think about YouTube as being kind of a, a search engine. Uh, how does that kind of rank or differ from uh, from Google? Well, it's kind of like social media where they're looking at other variables such as like shares, watch time, how long you stay on the page, where you came from how many people like, comment, share, how many video embeds you have on third-party sites and the title and the description of the video, the transcript, like we were talking about earlier, adding tags and all these things are really important, but it's much different than Google search engine because Google search engine is looking at backlinks. All these other platforms aren't really looking at backlinks. Social media is mm -hmm. not really looking at backlinks. YouTube might look a little bit at backlinks, but it's not the main ranking factor. they would rather see that you watch, if it's a video that's 10 minutes and you only watch 30 seconds and everybody watches under a minute, that tells YouTube that maybe this isn't a good video. But if everybody watches like nine minutes or eight minutes, that tells YouTube, all right, people are watching this, they're staying engaged. So watch time, engagement, things like that are more important for YouTube and other channels. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So uh, what are the what do you see as the biggest uh, trends over the next uh, two or three years uh, in search? I would just say everything is probably going to keep shifting towards mobile. I mean, video and mobile, but definitely video. Everything is people don't want to read. They'd rather watch something. So <laughs> Google owns YouTube, like we were talking about earlier. And Google, when you search in Google, sometimes you'll see YouTube videos in the search results or you'll see videos. And 90% of the time that you see a video in the search results, it's going to be YouTube because Google doesn't want to promote Facebook videos or anything else because they're all kind of competitors. So when you search and you see a video, it's going to be YouTube. And if you can build a presence up on YouTube, that's probably going to help out a lot in the long run because Google is going to promote YouTube as much as they can. And Google doesn't seem like they're going anywhere anytime soon. Social media, you never know. Things change. 
sites go on the decline. So you never know which ones are going to stay popular and relevant or which ones are going to disappear. And, but YouTube is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Google's going to push that as much as they can, because if you search on Google, you don't click on an ad, Google doesn't make any money and Google's not happy, but if you search on Google and then you see a video and you click on it and it's a YouTube video, the first thing that appears anytime you watch a video on YouTube, there's always an advertisement. So YouTube is making money, which is really Google making money. Right. That's all they care about is making money off ads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, well, so for example, this video will be up on YouTube here in a couple of weeks. And uh, so, um, uh, you know, hopefully we'll help Google make money, but also help me make some money too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, make it yeah. a win-win situation. You tap yeah, into your right. audience and they tap into your your video content creation, but at least they pay you because other platforms don't really pay you. YouTube doesn't pay that much, but they'll pay you like a dollar per thousand views. Could be a little bit more, yeah. could be a little bit less, but so it's not that much, but still it's not bad. Like Facebook, they're not really going to pay you. Instagram, they're not paying you. I mean, they might pay some people, but they don't really pay out that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you get uh, involved very much in paid search as well, or, or is it mostly just uh, the, uh, the uh, organic search? Do paid search as well because with SEO getting traffic to your website is just half the battle. Once you get people to your website, mm -hmm. how do you get them to actually make a purchase? And a lot of people hit that back button when they get to your website, just because there's just endless amounts of reasons why they'll hit that back button. But if you keep yourself top of mind by following them around using what are called remarketing ads, those work really well. So targeting warm traffic, not just doing cold traffic, but if you want to bend your website and didn't do a specific conversion action. You can follow them around and try to get them to convert into a sale, a lead, a phone call, whatever mm. that conversion goal is. And that works really well. And it's cheaper than most paid ads because it's warm leads and they're more likely to convert. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, so remarketing um, and then doing that with either paid search or, or other other means, programmatic or whatever. And um, and then getting them to come back because they, they obviously came to your site for a reason. And especially if they engaged with the site a little bit more as opposed to just bouncing off after a handful of seconds on there. So definitely if they added a shop, if your e-commerce and they added a product to the shopping cart and they didn't check out. Yeah. That close. So that's where <laughs> those are definitely the warm leads where these are cart abandoners or someone went yeah. to like the contact us page and didn't fill out the contact us page form. Maybe they were on mobile and your form asks for 10 fields and people are like, I don't want to fill out 10 fields. Is this too much? So sometimes less is better. And this is where you got to optimize your website to maximize conversions from people. So got to optimize your website for Google for SEO. Then you optimize your website for people to make sure once they get to your website, they actually convert into whatever that specific conversion action is that you're trying to target. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it that the, I mean, I, I, I get remarketed all the time. I go out to a couple of sites, I buy shirts on one site and, you know, and you go out to various sites and you do some searching and then, man, oh man, you, it, you know, it, it's incredible how much they'll just surround your whole page with, uh, with advertising. And uh, mm -hmm. so um, do you, so does, uh, do you also get then into the remarketing strategy and the whole digital uh, strategy then or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I try to help out with the whole strategy because I've realized over the years that SEO is just half the battle. Yeah. It's not a means to an end. It's, I mean, SEO, if I rank you on Google for all your keywords, you're going to get traffic. But as a business owner, traffic doesn't really mean much. You want sales. Mm -hmm. 
leads, phone calls. So that's why I try to help out with all that nowadays. Instead of just doing SEO, let's go and make sure that the SEO works, but that you're also getting those phone calls, those emails, those sales online, whatever that conversion is. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Now, um, how does, uh, we, we talked a little bit about cookies, but um, with remarketing and retargeting, does the, the, uh, is the loss of cookies going to affect that as well? Um, I believe it does because you're not getting as much data. So cookies definitely affects the ads, but it's giving out, yeah, less data, less information, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, the last thing is uh, uh, so one of the things I like to do is I, I, I do mentoring and trying to help out uh, young marketers. So what advice would you give a, a, a young marketer, let's say that just came out of college and wants to get into marketing and do a great job? What would you uh, recommend that for them? I mean, I would say if they could get a mentor, that's helped me out a lot. And there's a lot of ways to get mentors, but mentors definitely help you learn a lot from their mistakes and learn from what's worked for them. And if you can't find a mentor, there's websites that will connect you with mentors, like score.org is a website where in the past you had to go in physically to find them. But now that everything's virtual, you don't have to be in Los Angeles to find a, or wherever their score locations are to get a mentor. You could just be pretty much anywhere in the world and mm -hmm. connect and find someone. And that's really helped me out a lot, but just also anyone that's starting out is take action. Don't just read because that's where a lot of people get stuck is reading or listening to blogs or, or podcasts or watching videos, but God take action and try and test things out and play around and not be scared to break stuff. As long as it's not your main website, but test on other websites, don't test on your main one, but yep. play around and test and see what works. See what doesn't work, but you got to take action. Don't just read. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, uh, that is really good advice. So uh, anything else uh, you'd like to mention before we close? Well, I mean, everything takes time, so be patient with it all. Unfortunately, it's not immediate with SEO. You have to spend time building it up and building it up. But as long as you send the right signals to Google, you're going to see your traffic slowly start moving. But don't expect immediate results. Just and don't get discouraged if you're not seeing that immediate traction. Mm -hmm. Just keep working at it, keep building it up, and you'll see it start growing it and growing. <laughs> you know that is the uh, that's the worst thing is uh, you know everybody wants an instant response, and unfortunately, I, I mean, you know, I know you're right. Is unfortunately, it does take a, a long time to actually build that response and, and see that slow growth finally start to take over as your SEO really really starts to kick in. Yep. It's all about just being patient and being persistent, not getting discouraged. If you don't see that, those rankings coming in, just keep working at it. Just know it takes time. It's not immediate. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad you were able to uh, be part of the podcast. And uh, where would you like visitors and viewers to go to find out more information about your company and you? Well, I actually created a Special gift for everyone, if they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's seooptimizers.com forward slash gift, and they can find that gift there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've thrown up for free so they can watch those anytime and see how to do a lot of stuff we talked about step by step. And also, if they want to book some time on my calendar, I'm happy to check out their website from an SEO point of view and 
see what's working, what's not working, and how to get them to the level that they want to be at. And they can book some time on my calendar there as well. Fantastic. Well, uh, Brandon, thank you so much. And to the viewers, uh, please stay tuned for, for many other videos in this series on the backstory of marketing. And please visit marketingmachine.prorelevant.com to download the first chapter of my book and also get some other valuable excerpts. And don't forget to sign up for more episodes in this uh, podcast series. And if you like this podcast, please rate it with five stars. Brandon, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Glad to have you and learn something about SEO.